Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Well, we're another month closer to the midterm elections. And, of course, a lot is raging internationally, nationally, and right here in the state of Utah. And as the race for Utah's Senate seat is heating up and coming up, Allie Isom joins us. She officially declared her candidacy today, filed the paperwork, and she joins us now to talk about this next step in her campaign. Allie, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you, Boyd. I'm so thrilled to be with you. It's such a great day in Utah. It is a great day in Utah. It was a great uh, night last night, I think, in standing in solidarity. We'll come back to Ukraine. I want to get your take on a few things there in a minute. But uh, you were back at the Capitol today uh, filing the paperwork and uh, fittingly doing it on the first day of Women's History Month. Tell us about the filing and, and what comes next for your campaign. Well, filing was pretty routine. We signed some paperwork, paid our fees, um, and now we're officially uh, declared our intent to pursue the candidacy for the Republican Party for the United States Senate. And uh, it is Women's History Month. Utah has never had a female senator before. So we are hoping to change that. I think it's time. All right. And as uh, as you look at this, some of these issues, obviously, it's uh, in the middle of a campaign. It's always hard to compete with all the other things going on. And, and this year, it seems like we have everything going on in triplicate uh, that is really sucking up a lot of the oxygen and the attention. Uh, give us just a, a real quick snapshot in terms of uh, why this race? Why now? You know, I, I believe that our nation is at a crossroads. And I think the Utah Republican Party and the National Republican Party is at a point where we're having um, challenges around our identity. And I think both warrant the kind of leadership that brings people together, helps people come to the table without incendiary language or language that polarizes or alienates or dehumanizes. And certainly given the temperature of world events right now, it's never been more important that we be unified as a country. And I believe in the core conservative values that the Republican Party espouses. And I think now more than ever, those principles are exactly what the world and our nation needs. As as uh, you have found, and I think as President Biden has found, and many in Congress find, that uh, we often want to focus just on those domestic issues, those things close to home. But there's always something happening internationally uh, that requires attention and requires leadership. I know you have a, a connection to Ukraine. You've been watching this very closely. Uh, just give us your perspective on this world event. And uh, if you were in the United States Senate, what is that proper role uh, of the Senate in dealing with a situation like this? You know, our connection to Ukraine is deeply personal. Our son served a mission for our faith there at a time that was uh, very challenging for the Ukrainian people. And I actually have familial roots there uh, on the paternal side of my family. I have family who left right before Stalin starved the remaining people in their community and, and essentially erased their town off the map and help Russia no longer exist. Uh, so for me, What's happening in Ukraine feels so deeply personal. And, 
you know, we have friends in this country and abroad that are from Ukraine. We've spent time in Ukraine and uh, we love these people. We love them dearly for this. This issue has a face on it. And we've been with our Ukrainian friends when they're calling home to talk to their closest family members who are hiding in basements and in the metro, sleeping on towels and blankets with rats around them. And there's no food to be had in the stores. And they're wondering long-term how they're going to make it. The roads are damaged. Many bridges are out. And, um, you know, it's, for me, this, this crisis has a face on it, mm-hmm. a beloved face. Um, and, you know, in terms of the role of the Senate, it's really easy, I think, to armchair quarterback right now. Yeah. It's, it's easy to second guess. And, and so I do think measured restraint in tone and in substance is important right now. Um, true leadership is what matters right now. And I think true leaders are looking forward and unifying us, not looking backward and blaming. And that's been one of my greatest concerns with what's happened before in our, in our country and in our party is, there are too many that are eager to blame. And I think that's, that's so dangerous for national security. Um, and I'm watching people who are siding with this delusional dictator rather than defending our democratic ally. And um, I think right now it, it is time to stand for truth. And I think the countries of the world are seeing that. I'm super encouraged by what we see out of Switzerland yes. coming out of neutrality and saying, <laughs> This is wrong, and we will take a stand. And it is now the time for moral courage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that moral courage is the the real question of the day, and and making it a moral judgment uh, in terms of what is happening, I, I think, is, is so vital to all of that. Uh, bringing it back uh, to Washington D.C., of course, tonight the House chamber will be filled with members of the House and the Senate as the president uh, engages the nation and Congress in his first official State of the Union address. Uh, What will you be listening for, particularly as it relates to possibly representing the state of Utah and uh, what the president says, how that might impact us here in the state? Yeah, I'm I'm listening for leadership. I'm listening for principles. I'm listening for clarity and direction. I, I think the American people are tired of contempt and rage, as well as excuses and equivocation. So I'm I'm hoping that there's a clear sense of the principles that are driving us in this situation. I also think our president cannot ignore the fact that our country, our economy is uh, enormously challenged. And the average Utah family right now is is struggling. The price of fuel is driving the price of everything else up. And, um, you know, I'm listening for uh, how we're going to get ourselves uh, forward from this instead of deeper in debt. Um, I'd like us to see a way out of the debt and and to financial strength again and and energy independence as a country. It's time. Yeah, I wanted to dig into that a little bit in terms of the energy independence. I think that is something that seems to be gaining some traction uh, and whether the president will embrace that or not. Obviously, uh, just a a short year ago, uh, we were not only energy independent, we were a net exporter of energy. and obviously that has a lot of impact for us here in the state of Utah. How do you see that playing out? What do you think the president might say? What should he say as it relates to becoming energy independent? I'm looking for the word and. I, I, I feel like so often we've presented these conversations in zero-sum ways where there are winners and losers. It's one box or another box instead of 
um, mutual solutions. I'm listening for we can have energy independence and energy responsibility. We can have um, a, a, a way to move forward in our energy policies that are both clean and safe as well as secure and um, and and the right fit for our current economy. So uh, I'm looking for the word and. I think right now we've seen another enough of this, um, you know, you talk about this, the outrage industrial complex, <laughs> those who profit from division. Yeah. And I, I think it's, you know, that us versus them. I'm, I'm listening for unity and I'm looking for unity in our leaders. It, you know, we've had enough finger pointing. It's time to hunker down and, and weave the fabric of our country back together. Uh, reinforce those themes that seem a little frayed right now. Fantastic. Allie Isom running for the United States Senate officially filed her paperwork today up at the Utah State Capitol. Uh, former, former Deputy Chief of Staff to Utah, Governor Gary Herbert, also a spokesperson uh, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, a business leader in the community as well. And uh, Allie, we wish you uh, continued luck and success as you're out there on the campaign trail, putting in some miles. Uh, I know how that goes, and I'm sure we will have you back on the program again real soon. Oh, thanks, Boyd. I'd love to talk more about the time I've spent in Utah communities and those red running shoes of mine. Getting some <laughs> mileage in, that's right. We we will do that. We will okay. definitely. All right. We will All have right. you back. Allie Isom, thanks so much for joining us today. All right. Uh, again, that's Allie Isom officially filed her paperwork today. And a lot of times we kind of lose that in the process. Uh, a lot of times you'll have a candidate that will declare their candidacy. And then, uh, of course, later on, you actually have to do the filing. There is a specific filing period, and we are in that now. So Allie Isom officially uh, filing her paperwork and the forms. And as we say, when you go to the government office, there's always a fee uh, that has to be paid. So she's done that uh, and is officially in that race. And uh, we will continue to track uh, her progress along with all of those that are running uh, for the various positions as we get into a very important 2022 midterm election year uh, that the impact will hit us right here at home and across the country it will impact President Biden's agenda it will impact uh, what is going on in terms of Ukraine and other points around the world. So we're going to follow all of that uh, as we continue to roll everything forward. We've wrapped up hour number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us today. We have a big hour number two coming up, including my 24th annual State of the Union address. I've written one every year for 24 years. Uh, you'll get to hear that at 2.50. Stick around. Much more to come on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. This is your daily resource for critical breaking news, weather, and conversation about Utah's most important stories. Listen on the KSL News Radio app. Brought to you by Any Hour Services, KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Five hours until the State of the Union address on KSL News Radio, Utah's. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. 
Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.